This is the All About Nothing podcast. I am Barrett Gruber. Wanted to jump in real quick before the show gets started and just let you know, this is one of our hiatus shows. And this week, we are going to be speaking with Ben Kitchings, who is the host of the History Voyager podcast. Ben Kitchings and I went to elementary school and high school together. So this is sort of a, an interesting reconnect with someone that I haven't spoken to in well over 20 years. And and it's interesting to see that he's doing podcasting, which is sort of what you know this is, you know, for those of you that need a definition to it. But uh, it's an opportunity to sit down with Ben, who has an outstanding podcast, uh, doing interviews with people all over the planet on different subjects. So make sure to check it out. Find it on all of the podcast platforms. It's the History Voyager podcast uh, with Ben Kitching. So make sure to check that out. Again, thank you very much for listening. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello out there in podcast world. I am the dad who dabs. My name is The Diligent Dabber. I am a cannabis enthusiast, patient, product reviewer, and I also make educational videos on YouTube. I have always promoted individual empowerment when it comes to people's experiences with cannabis. My show is a mixture of cannabis news, dad life, industry insider knowledge, and of course, dabs. Join me as I traverse the intricacies of life, the universe, and everything on The Dad Who Dabs. Find it on Spotify with a bonus video version available on YouTube. This episode of the All About Nothing podcast is brought to you by GOT Sound Studio. GOT Sound Studio offers a variety of experiences. Music, voice, and instrumental recording and production, video, and still photography. GOT Sound Studio has all of your media needs met. Owned and operated by Dominique Stewart, the Neek the Geek, experienced artists as well as up-and-coming will find everything they need to create. Bring your media needs to one of the most talented producers and engineers in the business, Neek the Geek. You can find details by visiting gotsoundstudio.com or calling 803-243-2302. You can also find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. Recorded live from the Maddie Johnson Podcast Studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina, this is the All About Nothing Podcast. The views expressed on this program are the opinions of the host. Some content and subject matter may not be appropriate. Listener discretion is advised. Listeners are encouraged to follow the show at theallaboutnothing.com for links to social media and more. Listeners can call the show at 803-672-0533. Thank you for listening. All right, everybody, uh, everybody who's listening to History Voyager, this is Old Hongwink. This is Barrett Gruber. <laughs> And we went to high school, and today the kiddies call it middle school. We didn't have middle school when we were in high school. No, we didn't. Uh, (laughs) We turned out to be, you know, the range podcasters. We'd have eighth grade off. (laughs) Deranged is the key word. Deranged is definitely the key word. We'd have, yeah. If we'd have had sixth and seventh and eighth in the same building, we would have been healthy, adjusted people. But <laughs> oh well. Look, it, and 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 not to, to not to get too political right off the bat, I don't see any headlines of any people that we went to school with showing up in uh, in the news. So you know, I feel like well adjusted is probably pretty close. I'm not saying yeah. middle school isn't necessary to keep you know keep seniors' hands I, I yeah, off of off of eighth Maybe. graders. You know, I I, yeah. I can say when we were in high school, 
as a senior. Now I got transferred to Lakeside High School because Henderson got dissolved. Okay, so yeah. but I, I I I can remember as a junior at Henderson, there being some of our you know same grade peers that were dating eighth graders. Seemed like statutory, but you know I I'm I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna bring that, up, or I wasn't gonna bring up names, but I was gonna, yeah, I remember that is yeah. what I was gonna say, and that's where I was gonna leave it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, look, I do a podcast called All About Nothing, and there is, there is almost uh, nothing that is off the table. We will, we will delve into almost anything. Uh, so, thank you for having me on your show, and and just so people that are listening to me on my show, I am simulcasting this because our show is actually taking a break. Uh, for the month of June and July, we'll be back in August. We'll do some episodes here and there, but this is going to simulcast on our episode. So, welcome, oh, awesome. Ben Kitchens. So we're gonna we're gonna do a yeah. We're gonna do a crossover. We're yeah. gonna do a crossover. Yeah, this is so, uh, this is Ben Kitchens I'm, from the Voyager History Podcast. So if you haven't if you haven't okay. subscribed, available everywhere, right? It's available everywhere. Uh, okay, so it's called the History Voyager. So I so my dyslexia showed. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to talk to Barrett's audience now. My podcast is called The History Voyager. And what I started out as a deep dive into the Spanish flu and COVID-19. Okay. And it, it cited, it, believe it or not, it cited in college classrooms everywhere in the English-speaking world. I mean, that is deeply humbling. And I'm not even kidding. That's um, amazing. No, I'm amazed. Okay. <laughs> no, and my and my four listeners absolutely will subscribe. I'm sure that. That's... <laughs> <laughs> well, and then so the, what I'm doing now is while I was from, I literally remember googling how to promote a podcast, and they said to go on other people's podcasts and talk about your podcast. Yeah. And while I would do that, and off air, like they would tell me these insane stories about about 2020 and 2021. And I was like, okay, this is the story. This is the, this is it. When you have people talking to me about off air, about how, how their neighbors died and they had to take their kids in and (laughs) like, well, and there was one, I mean, that was crazy too, but there was one that was like, um, where this lady ended up being uh, the only living person that was out of a coma Goodness. in her business. And that was where I was like, okay, I need to, this is a show. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. For you sure. know, like let's, let's do this. So that's what I do. Yeah. Well, and, I, I, I have to tell you, I, I've, I've listened to several episodes since we've gotten back in touch, which we, you know, not to not to shout out TikTok too much because I think they have too much. Uh, they already have too much power and whatnot. But I, I, I do have to acknowledge that uh, I, I saw your your TikToks and I said, well, let me check this out before I hit, you know, make contact. And, and I did. And I am I am awestruck by the the interviews that you have on your show. Like the last episode was a a she was called a, a digital nomad where she, she goes from, uh, she, you know, she, she basically goes and lives in other people's homes, uh, 
uh, for free because she's taking care of their homes while they're on holiday or on vacation. We, we call it vacation here in the States, but holiday. Um, and, mm. and it was, it was a really cool episode and getting to hear her perspective on, yeah. on, on COVID and, and as well. And then, and then the fact that you find out halfway through it, not to give any spoilers away, but she actually is overcoming COVID right now. So that was, yeah. that was definitely, a, that right. was definitely a very interesting episode. I was, I thought that was great. I've got some, I've got some really cool ones in the can. I need to sit down and, <laughs> and, you know, edit, edit some things out, but I've got some really, really cool ones in the can. Yeah. I've got one. I didn't even know this existed. There's like a, a thing in the military. Maybe, you know, this. I don't know, but there's a thing in the military where the military has people to film things. The military has people to video things. Sure. Even just for, for like in-house sort of stuff. Right, even just sort of in-house kind of thing, and one of those guys sat down and talked to me, and that was interesting. Um, oh yeah, I ha- I had a business owner. I need to edit this, but I had a business owner in a state I shall not name um, on, on your show. It's Texas, right? <laughs> was it Texas? No, I, <laughs> I haven't heard. There's things we talked about that we can't talk about on air. Sure. And I don't know if that was one of the things, but he was one of the first people that accidentally ended up selling people ivermectin. Oh my God. Accidentally. This was not on purpose. No, he was selling it for like cows and, and horses. Yeah. But he wasn't selling it for people. Yeah. To use on themselves. And then people started using it on themselves. And he figured it out. And <laughs> he said, to, he would say to some of these people, this is not for, like, look at, this is not for human consumption. Yeah. Like, stop. Like, yeah. stop doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. And then, and, then, and then come to find out, even Fox News reported recently that 70% of those that have taken ivermectin specifically to either fight COVID or to prevent COVID are now suffering from both bowel and urinary incontinence. So like they, they, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And this was a Fox news story that reported this. So like, like they did the homework for me. Yeah. Like I know people that took ivermectin and in my head, if I know 10 of them, seven of them are now having an issue <laughs> with not being able to hold it to go to the bathroom. So seven out of 10 of my conservative friends, I know who you are. Oh, uh, <laughs> and that's one of those little okay, things you laugh um, about it and, and behind the scenes. You just kind of <laughs> thoughts and prayers. I'm, la- I'm laughing, but I mean, I was Barrett and I went to high school together. Yeah. Um, I was very fortunate. I don't know if you were in this man's classroom or not, but I was very fortunate to go to class uh, to have biology class with Mr. Ponder. Um, Mr. Who, who, it was Saunders? Ponder. Ponder. Uh, I don't recall. He was a very old man when we had him. So we probably wouldn't think he was old now, but he was a very old man. Right. Yeah. You can see the, you see this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The gray, the gray. Yeah. The gray in my beard went from gray to white almost immediately. No, no, I, I, for earth science and biology, I think I had Mr. Ripley. So I, I may not have been, okay, so. I may not have been quite as advanced as everyone else when it came to the science classes. Uh, math was, well, one of my- I, I had, 
I had Mr. The gods gave me Mr. Condor. Okay. And he was a very quite capable biology teacher. And he gave me kind of this lifelong love of science and, and learning. And I guess some people don't have that sure. like right. fortunate experience, but I mean, <laughs> you know, and I mean, I remember like when I, went to the so the way I started my COVID podcast was I went to the doctor and the lady, the nurse, there was this young lady who was a nurse and she was like freaking out about COVID. But she didn't call it COVID. She called it what's the come on man. SARS CoV two. Sure. There yeah, we yeah. go. Yeah. Nine fifty four in the morning and I'm saying SARS CoV. And on a day that most people are probably sleeping in. So yeah. Happy Memorial Day also. <laughs> um but so I did this and so that's where I and so I was looking at it and all the stuff and I was like, Wow God, that's crazy. But I guess some people just didn't have that the luck to have that feature. Yeah. That inspired them. Yeah. I and and you know I had I think my love of of politics and history probably came mostly from Coach Worthington at Henderson High School. Uh, coach Worthington was baseball I coach. Him. Uh, yeah, uh, he he spent uh, he spent a number of years in the Air Force in England. Uh, worked with the RAF in England for a number of years, and then came back after retirement to. And I may be saying all this wrong. I know he was in England for a little while, but uh, we would. And I'm hoping he's still around. I don't. I doubt that he listens to me, but if he's listening to you, yeah. <laughs> I thought Coach Worthington was definitely one of the most inspiring teachers when it came to get every aspect of what it is that happened before you form an opinion. And 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 so that's sort of how I've always recognized uh, as far as like getting all aspects of, of, of the facts that occurred before I form an opinion. And so when it comes to politics and things like that, um, I don't consider myself a Democrat or a Republican. I consider myself to be independent, and I try to, I try to hear every single, uh, every single aspect of what potentially occurred before I form an opinion, and then based on that, I I will voice my opinion. Uh, but that you know, so so I had that teacher too. Worthington was unbelievably uh, intelligent. There were there were there were, there were English teachers and, yeah. and literature teachers that, uh, you know, being in DeKalb County school system, I think that that. Uh, you know, a shout out to the Cab County school system because it was, I, I feel like it was a fantastic school system. I was actually in Atlanta yesterday. Uh, we came to town uh, just overnight just to visit some family and uh, came back. But there, there are so many aspects of DeKalb County and, and what it offers uh, just from a, from a public, from a public mm -hmm. standpoint, because like living in Columbia, South Carolina, we don't have public school, uh, public um, pools. Like, I can't take my children to go to a pool uh, that is operated and paid for by my taxes where in DeKalb County, you can, there's tons of pools around for kids to enjoy. So it's, you know, yeah, like the YWCA indicator. Oh yeah. I, I grew up at that YWCA indicator because that was my daycare. Like my, my parents would drop me off. They'd go to work in Decatur mm -hmm. and then I would, I would be at that YMCA. Or the YWCA. I was at the YWCA. Yeah, it was a it, it was the YWCA. The, the, let me let me get it right. The Young Women's Christian Association. That's, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, there weren't any songs about it, but yeah. you know, you know, not everybody gets their due. Yeah. 
I still remember the smell of chlorine as soon as you hit the as soon as you hit the front door. Yeah, you want to smell of just Jesus. You want to hear? Yeah, oh, for sure. And 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 this is something I learned recently watching YouTube videos with my kids is that uh, apparently the smell of chlorine only occurs. That smell, that iconic smell that we all notice. The only reason we smell it is because there is urine in that pool. That is the only reason. Chlorine in water has no scent unless there is the addition of urine. So think about that. <laughs> it's a little... Oh, my... <laughs> and it's unfortunate because that's the smell that I, I, you know, like, you know when you're approaching a pool because you smell, oh, there's a smell of chlorine. But now I know, oh, that's the smell of human urine in chlorine water. Sorry, that's yeah. yeah I, I didn't know. No, see that this is staying in the. Okay, not only am I talking to like one of the world's fintech experts on my podcast, but I'm also talking to a high school classmate and learning about urine and pool. Yeah, okay. yeah. And <laughs> you know? I'm I'm just thankful knowing that now that the smell of urine was prior to when I got in. So I mean, I'm it's unfortunate in both directions, but it's it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> well, let me, let me tell you a little about, so, you know, you, you started your podcast around, around the time of COVID. So, and, and you're 200 episodes in, which is unbelievable. This is, this is just going to be episode number 112 for me. And I've been doing my podcast since 2017. I, I started doing this podcast uh, shortly after Trump took office. Uh, mostly because when, when I was at work, when I was in the office, there's always that that you, you don't want to uh, talk about religion or politics in the office. So I figured, well, what I'll do then, so I, I can't voice my opinions freely where others seem to, I'll just go ahead and start a podcast where I can voice my opinions, and then I don't even have to hear anybody else's opinions while I'm doing it. So it was really just a running monologue uh, every week that I would release where I would just, I would read okay. news articles and then I'd give my opinion on them. Or I, you know, Donald Trump right. would draw markers on a map that indicated where he thought the hurricane should go. And so I would discuss that. You know, it's Charlottesville. We discuss. I, I talked about Charlottesville and, and, and just. Yeah, wow. So, you know, it's always been a very political conversation. And then after a few years, uh, I brought in um, the this head right here, which is, which is Zach, and then this head right here, which is Trent. Uh, and, and they added a lot to it. Uh, it, it, it turned into not just a political conversation, but a social conversation, uh, with aspects and entertainment and, um, music and, and TV and sports. And it's, it's, it's really evolved into something that has become, and it's a shame they can't be here, but you know, I, I need, I need some limelight every now and then they take, they take a lot of credit for, for the content. So this is, (laughs) this is just me. So the thing, I, okay. So the thing I wanted to ask, one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about, and I think I might have said this accidentally when, while you started recording, but I'm going to ask you um, to start it off for real. Is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is we're about the same age, roughly, give or take. Agreed. And like we both remember from before the internet. Absolutely. And yeah. So one of the reasons I still call this the history boys are um, other than the fact that to quote a friend of mine, you don't change the, the name of Coke just because Coke starts selling water. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. 
<laughs> is, okay, this is why. It's because I figured we were living in historical times. So let me ask, um, what was your first, when did you get the internet in your house, in your, in your own, like your parents' house where you grew up? Sure. So um, living in Atlanta, and, and because I don't live there anymore, I, I'll just give the address. I lived on Henderson Mill Court, which was only about a quarter at the end of the street, which was only about a quarter of a mile from the elementary school that we went to. Uh, so it was, okay. it, it was, we were right behind North Lake mall. And, and I can tell you that when we actually got on the internet, my mother was extremely, uh, uh, progressive when it came to technology and things. She, she always wanted to make sure that we either had, we had computers available to us or that, uh, you know, when it came to like game consoles and stuff like that, she, you know, we would, chances are, we would probably, they would, my parents would probably pay for it, but we would we would always encourage yeah. them to do it. And they were, they were encouraging of it as well. Uh, so the, the first internet right. I, I want to say that we had was probably in 91 or 92. And it was, uh, and this, wow. Yeah. It, we, we were pretty early on adopters. Um, and we had comp, was it comp USA? Nope. That was a store. Uh, CompuServe. Uh, CompuServe. We were, we were on CompuServe. Uh, for a little, for a little while. And, uh, we, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't long before we moved over to Mindspring, which became Earthlink and Mindspring may even still be around as a, as a program, but it's uh, Earthlink. Earthlink was what it became, but I, we were on Mindspring for years and years. We moved out of Atlanta, uh, just about the time that broadband internet was becoming available. It wasn't super fast, but at least you weren't using AOL download, you know, AOL to, to log in and whatnot. Uh, you, you mean like you? You mean like as an adult, or like you're? Yeah, about the time I was nineteen, we moved out of Atlanta towards Winder, Georgia, where I got a I got a radio gig. I was doing morning shows for WIMO AM thirteen hundred out of Winder, Georgia, uh, and um, it was uh, it was right about that time that we actually got internet in our home as a as a as a constant because before it was dial up, you would you would have to dial in to get what you yeah. wanted. And okay. then you'd hang up, uh, but but when yeah. but when we moved to Winder, what became available was literally broadband. The internet was just on all the time. You were attached to a modem that was connected, so that was brand new, which is now absolutely the norm. I mean, your phone your phone is literally connected to the internet all the time. So it's it's you know it's the mm -hmm. progression over the last thirty years, and I say thirty years with as much hesitation as I can, but 30 years is, is how long I've seen the internet go from only available when you, when you made it available to now it's just constantly around you. And, and, you know, yeah. cause when we were in, when we were in elementary school, there wasn't, there wasn't an internet available. Like the computers that we worked on in elementary school, they weren't even interconnected. They may have been the only interconnection they had was the fact that they were attached to the same power strip. So that was, you know, it's it's been yeah. it's been from zero to sixty o over this course of time. Yeah, but yeah, I remember like so this morning, and I was thinking about this this morning because because we were gonna have this show. But this morning, I I always like to get dressed to YouTube. Sure. And accidentally, I I hit this rando on YouTube. This kind of I guess he's in his fifties or early sixties. 
but he walks around London with a with a phone camera or something, and he just records like little histories about little his walking route, right? Oh, okay. In London, and I'm thinking like, imagine going back to a television, like to a production meeting twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, and being all, hey guys, you know. Do you see that that girl out there in the lobby and how she's noodling around on the internet? Yeah, okay, fellas, here's the deal. 25 years from now, this is going to be huge, and there's going to be a guy walking around London with a phone camera, and I'll stop and explain to them what that is, and he's going to be telling you little snippets. It's going to be way cooler than anything we can think of oh, in yeah. this room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, because if you, I mean, just the, now that, now that this has become your, your, you know, this phone has become your walking studio. Uh, everything is now content. I, and, and, and what's amazing to me is that you have individuals that, that, that are so popular and, and, and for some reason, and it's not me, but for some reason they have this ability to make something out of nothing, literally nothing. And, just the morning news, just watching like the Today Show or, or Scarborough on, on MSNBC, watch, well, you know, they'll get two or three million viewers over the course of a four-hour episode. But like within minutes of some of these people posting on YouTube or on TikTok, they have 10 million views over, over them just getting on there and just going, hey, good morning. Have a great day. And that's it. And it's like, how is that content? But it is. And they and 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 you know people react yeah. to it. It's amazing. So here here's a thought that I keep having. Like, and maybe you can chime into this and talk intelligently or not. But <laughs> here's a thought that I don't set the bar too high. I know you're smart. I'm, okay. Here's a thought that I keep having, Barrett. And the thought is that honestly, like, we're gonna reach a day where. You're going to have Tracy in accounting or the, the, the lady that answers the phone at school and she's going to be famous, but not like she's still going to have to have that job where she answers the phone, Agreed. but she's going to have like millions of, of viewers or listeners or whatever. Yeah. And we as a society are going to have to figure that out. We're going to have to figure out like, you know, like, I'll give you an example. There's a guy that I talked to. He does a show called Dogs of Town Hall. Okay. On YouTube. He has his wife and his girls and some stuffed animals on this show. It is hilarious. Yeah. The breakout star of the show is like a four-year-old. Like, a four-year-old girl. <laughs> I could totally see where at some point, some school administrator is going to have to be like, Okay, your kid has a gazillion fans. Yeah, but she's a ten-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> let's figure this out. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Look, we, I mean, it's and 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 you have to wonder, in a sense, exactly what it is that could potentially be changed about that. Because so so this ten-year-old potentially has seventy-five million people subscribed. Every video that they put out there gets. Uh, gets interactions mm. from, let's say, all 75 plus another 25 million. So you've got 100 million people that are act interacting with a TikTok. There are people on TikTok who are making money based on advertising that they do. 
and I believe, and, and I don't know how TikTok works exactly, but you you do have you do have to look at TikTok is making a ton of money. Is there profit sharing between TikTok and these users that are creating TikTok content for their same as YouTube? I know YouTube does pay out to their to their content creators that get a certain number of viewers or a certain number, you know, they, they, they get enough viewers and likes and interactions and things like that. So they are making that money, but you're absolutely right. Uh, there could literally, I see, I go to fill up my gas at the gas station and there's somebody inside the window, just, just scanning their phone back and forth. And are they, a, are they an internet content creator? That's, that's, that's going to now use this to, cause I feel like if they are, I should walk around with a banner everywhere saying who I am and where they can find me. <laughs> and what about I mean what about this I remember like so not everybody not everybody is a happy-go-lucky kid like not every kid is a happy-go-lucky kid that has a stable mom and a stable dad and blah 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 of course I remember there was a kid in summer camp and I'm, I've thought about this a lot now of these days because of these content creators like there was a kid in summer camp who there was something about this kid. Like there was something about his family situation before he was adopted, but you couldn't take a picture of the kid. Really? Like even back in the eighties, but even back in the 1980s before the internet, like you couldn't take a picture of the kid because there was something about what they call his family of origin, where people were like, we don't want pictures of this child out there in the world. Sure. And, I think about that a lot now because like you're saying, you're just some, you know, person filming your little self in Walmart. And, <laughs> you know, I think about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That's kind of like, you know, the, and we recently discussed it on our program, but there was a, there are, there are still tribes and, and people that are so separated from the rest of the world that organizations like the United Nations and, and, and they have, they have put an embargo on allowing you to come within two or 300 yards of where these, these, these people live specifically because first of all, some of them are dangerous, like they're cannibals and, 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 and will will destroy any outsiders from coming in. Um, But it's also to protect, it's also to protect them because these are people that have never, they've never had measles or mumps or, you know, any of the, the COVID. COVID. You know, yeah. They've been, they've been completely separated from, from, you know, mm-hmm. uh, progressive society. And, and so to protect them, there's put, there's been a, an embargo been put around them to protect them and, and, and us, but cause like one, one particular individual broke the embargo and, and, and went in there with a camera he and the reporter and the camera never been seen again. They were they were they they were pretty yeah. sure that they were both sacrificed to, you know, whatever whatever happened. But it's it, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 it is an interesting. Yeah. There's there's two. It's the two extremes. It's uh, it's pretty it's pretty incredible. Right. Right. No, that's um. I don't know, man. What? So, what do you? Let me ask you this: Where do you think? Um, technology is going. What do you see? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, when it comes to technology and as, as far as like what my expectations are of where we go from here, um, I think, I think in a lot of ways things are going to get smaller 
I think we're going to continue to see microchips getting smaller and smaller and smaller. We're going to continue to see progress in the speed of those microchips. Um, I think that we are we are likely moving towards uh, the potential of not requiring wires for connectivity anymore. That you know that, that for you know at one point there was the belief that Tesla had invented a wireless power system that could that that powered that 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 basically lit up an entire forest of of lights based purely on electricity that was being pulled out of the air. So Tesla who was way smarter than 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 some of the people that are they're even inventing now but you know so I, I I think that we are becoming a a society that is probably moving more towards connectivity without connection and uh you know, and and as far as as far as while I encourage the the idea that that human beings are moving towards space you know and we're we're doing more as far as like researching the oceans uh I, I, I'm disappointed in the people that are leading those, those particular scav, the, 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 the adventures that are going out there. Yeah. Cause you know, I, you've got Elon Musk who, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I will not knock him as being extremely intelligent. I will knock him as being a really crappy human being, but like, you know, I, I, <laughs> I will, I will acknowledge that he is doing things for science and technology that are leaps and above you know, above what others uh, with with more money backing them corporations and things like that and Elon Musk has actually created electric cars and is selling them they are becoming so normal now hmm. that on a given drive to work where the potential was I wasn't going to see single one now I'm seeing three or four which means that that is a percentage of the vehicle market uh he is he is one of the single contractors for NASA. He is putting he is putting satellites in space. He's putting people on the space, you know, people on the space station. There is and and he's doing it with reusable rocket thrusters that 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 means that we're saving money on the actual infrastructure of rockets. So you know, I can't discount what he's done for technology and science, but I always have to take a step back and go, Hitler was a really good speaker too. So, you know, there's, I, I have to pull myself back because, because yeah. how many of James Bond's uh, bad guys could have potentially been the 2016 election president, you know, like, cause I, you know, I have to always go back to that. Bill Gates seems like a terrific guy. They, they, they have, they have tried, they, his foundation mm-hmm. has worked to reduce uh, famine and, 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 and d- airborne diseases and things in Africa and taking care of orphanages and things like that. And then I go, yeah, but people still think that he's putting microchips in us. So where did that come from? Why is that still a thing? You know? So I, yeah. you know, there's always, I want to give so much credit, but then I have to go, but there was that thing I heard. So I, you know, but yeah, as far as technology, I think we're just going to keep going. I, I, I would like I, to see that technology yeah. used for things like, you know, let's repair our environment. Let's let's come up with a solution for uh, the high cost of electricity and 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 fuel source. You know, like we're, I I filled up in Atlanta yesterday before heading back home for four twenty three a gallon, and and in my lifetime, I think the only time I ever saw gas above four dollars was after Katrina hit Louisiana, and legitimately that's because it shut down all the oil refineries, and they weren't producing like te- from. From Florida all the way around to South Texas, 
those refineries were shut down for a hurricane. There are no refineries shut down right now, but we're still paying for something a gallon. So, you know, I'd I'd like to see uh, a future that does not allow for corporations to reap $30 billion in profit on fuel. You know, there's some sort of control. I think we're going to, as far as gas, I think we're going to have to get, I think I read somewhere years ago, there's like 75 years left of oil in the ground. Ah. But see, that was before like the Chinese got big and that was before. Right. Right. You know, India and all this. We're going to have to put battery tech in cars. I mean, and unfortunately, that's a political football nowadays, but we're just going to have to do it. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately, you know? and I hate, I hate the idea that it's, it's completely in control by corporations because our, you know, our Congress, uh, senators, mm. you know, the, the House of Representatives, uh, senators, they're, they're, they have no power to push forth any sort of like, uh, any sort of legislation that doesn't have some involvement from lobbyists that are that are paid for by these corporations. Mm-hmm. All right, nothingers, I want to cue you in about a friend of the pod, Blank Canvas Brand. If you own a business or restaurant and the time has come to build that unique brand, you have got to get a hold of Blank Canvas Brand. Blank Canvas Brand specializes in brand identity, including logos, business cards, flyers, and anything else to promote your business. And now, Blank Canvas Brand offers printing services to help with your clothing needs, including sports teams. I can tell you from our own experience, Blank Canvas Brand is responsible for our logo, as well as the Bowl of Duty Bowling Team logo, and we couldn't be happier with what's been produced. For more information, you can search Facebook for Blank Canvas, or you can email Blank Canvas at theallaboutnothing.com. That's B-L-N-K-C-A-N-V-S at theallaboutnothing.com. You can find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. Hey everyone, I want to take a quick moment to mention one of our new sponsors, ThePaintedMoment.com. That's ThePaintedMoment.com. Check this out. Have you ever taken a photo with your phone or digital camera that would look amazing as a watercolor canvas painting? Well, now there's a website ready to take your photo and turn it into digital painted moments. This is how it works. Visit ThePaintedMoment.com, follow the instructions, and your digital photo will be enhanced and returned to you with links on where you can have an image printed to canvas or whatever else you'd like to do with it. We've already got a couple of these enhanced photos hanging around the house, and trust me, you'll love what comes out. ThePaintedMoment.com. Create a painted moment in time from your digital photos. ThePaintedMoment.com. Seriously, check them out today. ThePaintedMoment.com. What is a vaccine? What is a virus? What is a mask? What's a Sasquatch? These are all valid questions, and to answer them in one breath, prevention, potentially deadly, potentially life-saving, and don't be stupid. Look, the coronavirus from 2019 has caused a global pandemic that continues to ravage our planet, leaving victims and survivors. But you can do your part. In the United States, as well as most countries around the world, the COVID-19 vaccine is available at little to no cost. Regardless of your politics, this virus has the potential to cause irreparable harm to you and vulnerable family members and friends. We have an opportunity through the efforts of medical science to balance the scales against this disease and its variants. And look, I don't understand how the vaccine works, even though I've heard it described countless times by countless experts. And even though none of that makes any sense to me, I do recognize that the money and effort spent on the vaccine has not been wasted. And it's not a global positioning transmitter being embedded in your arm. 
you're holding that in your hand listening to this. So get the vaccine. Protect yourself. Protect your loved ones. Hell, protect the guy standing behind you waiting on his Taco Supreme and nacho fries. Let that be the reason his organs shut down. For more information, visit covid19.nih.gov for actual science information. We have to thank our sponsor, GOT Sound Studio, and its owner and operator, Dominique Stewart, better known as Neek the Geek. GOT Sound Studios offers a variety of recording experiences from music, voice, and instrumental recordings and production, as well as podcasts. GOT Sound Studio is located in Columbia, South Carolina, and operated by the most talented producer and engineer in the business. GOT Sound Studio is a black-owned business. Bring your recording business needs here. You can find details on their Facebook page or by calling 803-243-2302 or emailing gotsounds at theallaboutnothing.com. That's gotsounds at theallaboutnothing.com. You can find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. This is Judd Larkins, and I am the Democratic nominee for the 2nd Congressional District, and you are listening to the All About Nothing podcast. It's, it's kind of like legalization of marijuana. I fully believe that the mm-hmm. United States and every state in the union will adopt and legalize marijuana once it has gotten to a point that Pfizer and, and, and these other drug companies figure out how they can market it ethically. I say that with, with air quotes, how they can market it ethically <laughs> before it yeah. will become legal and decriminalized. And, 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 and yeah. it's the same with oil and, 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 and moving to a more progressive uh, uh, way of transporting us around is that corporations aren't going to do it until they find the most efficient way to do it and attach a price to it. And at that point, that's when we will see, you know, Ford has already come out with the Mach-E. They have a truck now that's completely electric, which is, you know, now mm-hmm. just, just mm-hmm. in the last few weeks beginning to be delivered. Tesla's out there. Chevy's. They call it the. They call it the lightning. Yeah, and you could power your house yeah. with it. Like if it's not, if it if it is fully charged, yeah. you can plug your house yeah. into it. And the and and it, with you know if the power goes out. So those are these are strides yeah. forward, and but like I I feel like it's you it's it's only going to be a percentage of the market before it actually becomes uh, normalized because you have to have the corporations have to have control of how much profit they're going to make on it. And that's... Well, I mean, I always got in my podcast. I always give the silly example, and with cars, it is a silly example. But I always give the silly example of the way. So, BlackBerry invented the smartphone, but it was only for businesses until Steve Jobs figured out you can tell children to text each other with this thing and help. Right. right. So that'll that'll proliferate. So, and then the parents saw the kids with the smartphone, and then oh, I need that. Yeah. Right. So how does that map onto electric cars? I'm not really sure, but it's going to have to. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately, I think I think in the end, you know, and, and I almost always go back to this idea that Star Trek for so many years of watching Star Trek, whether it was the original series oh. or the next generation or or series that it came after that. Um, Star Trek always had this utopian sort of society that, that people didn't work for money or profit, they work to better people. They work to better basically every living being in the universe. And, and that's a lot to give up when you are an individual that puts out a, you know, that gives a lot, but 
I, I in a in a socialized environment, and I don't mean socialism like uh, politically social. I mean like in an environment where uh, where let's say okay, so the idea of Christianity is completely built on a social platform. This idea that this idea that the people yeah. that have help the people that that don't have. And, and, and that's the whole idea mm. behind what Christianity promoted Jesus's message to be. And, and, but mm. somewhere that message got lost in the Republican Party, because now what you have is the, the evangelical Christian sect of, of the United States has this very me movement. We, we're going to promote that we do things outside, but we don't, we don't want to just give without, without actually, you know, putting ourselves out there. We'll, we'll, we'll give as much as we can, as long as we're not uncomfortable. Uh, and that's not a, that's not a knock on evangelicals. That to me is just a, that is just to me recognizing how much has been lost from the message of what, what, you know, Christians say that Jesus tried. When when you see, when you see like, so I've talked to people all over the world for this show. I've talked to folks in Asia. Um, I don't, think well i have talked to people in india but not specifically about christianity sure but the, that's when you see in when you get people in singapore or wherever or like china i had a christian talk to me from china okay. that's dangerous okay. that's dangerous that was neat. right so but the thing is right you really see how Christianity is different in the rest of the world than it is in this country. Like you actually see it for real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think <laughs> like, and, wow. And one of the things that Christianity in the United States suffers from is one, the profit of being a Christian. It's not, it is to be an evangelical Christian in the United States has comes with it. The ability to potentially come into loads of money just purely based on you know how many followers you can get but like it's it because i i am i am a catholic i'm i'm no longer a practicing catholic but i still consider myself a catholic just purely based on the traditions that the catholic church follows um and 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 those to me seem like you know if you if you read literally what the bible said jesus left this jesus did this and that's what the catholics continue to do I, I separate myself from the Catholics when it comes to, well, Jesus didn't say anything about touching little children or, uh, or, or, or things like that. So I, I, I have, I, I disagree with so much of the Catholic church, but I also recognize the good that the church yeah. does around the world, schools, health, things like that. And again, the Catholic church, what Jesus yeah. left behind, you know, we're told is basically socialism. It's, you know, it's, it's this mm. idea that you do as much as you can for the people that can't. And that's, that's, I, I'd like to think that that's what I live my life by is that I want to be a, uh, a tool that assists in making people's lives better. And, and, you know, mm. it, it, it seems like that's the message that's gotten lost behind the very politicized, uh, church programs and things like that. We, I don't know how we got off topic. <laughs> I apologize. No, well, that's, that's the beauty of this show. They're really, it's, it's the topic that uh, it's whatever I want to talk about. Like, yeah. Again, going back to the whole, like before time, I couldn't go into a, into a boardroom and say, Hey fellas, 
I want to talk to my high school classmate, Barry Gruber. Okay, cool. What are you going to talk about? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, no. Cause there's an FCC. There's this, <laughs> there's that. Yeah. And also the, and also like the yo play people and then the Marlboro people, they have opinions, buddy. Right. Yeah. You have, there's, here's, here, here's a list of the people that we do not want you to offend uh, because they'll pull, they'll pull their advertising. Exactly. I look, I worked yeah. in, I worked in, I, I worked in radio for years. And uh, one of the things that while I appreciated because it helped with content, I, I came to be uh, cognizant of was the fact that uh, I always had a script to read when it came to uh, what it was being promoted or, or things that, that, that were being said. So it, it always, I was always held back in giving much of an opinion on things. I worked in radio while Bill Clinton was still president uh, into George W. Bush. And, uh, you know, that whole fiasco of the 2000 election with, you know, dimpled chads and, and people saying that they thought they were voting for Pat Buchanan or they voted for Pat Buchanan when they thought they were voting for Al Gore or vice versa, or they were voting for George W. Bush versus Pat Buchanan, you know. That whole thing was such a fiasco. And I think that people that lived through 2016, looking back on that 2000 election, like mm. I still recognize it because I, 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 I voted, I, I admittedly, I voted for Al Gore. I didn't, I didn't see any reason to think that he was going to be a bad president. Uh, I, I certainly had opinions about George W. Bush because one, he was terrible for the Texas Rangers when he owned them. He wasn't great for the state of Texas when he was governor and frankly, I did not. I, I saw a, a a a lack of progression from the individual that that drank and that and did cocaine all through college to becoming, you know, uh, to be working yeah. his way up to the president. And I so I saw that. And and and, and yeah. I'll just be honest, Clinton Clinton's no angel, uh, you know. He you no. Know, but <laughs> but I I had, but at least I could look at Al Gore and go, eh, you know, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, the only, the only thing about, you know, I remember the only thing about Al Gore that kind of what I really thought was, eh, was what his wife did with the record label. But at the end of the day, sure. I mean. Yeah, but how big was that? You know, no. It, at he, the end of, his claim yeah. of, 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 of creating the internet, of, of, of uh, you know, Al Gore claiming that he created the internet was, was, it was, it was a very, uh, I don't want to say it was false because there are aspects to true. There are some truth in it. And again, it's one of those things I'd have to research just to look up to make sure I knew everything about the facts of it. Yeah. But I was always uncomfortable with this idea that he created the internet, knowing that our, our defense system and our military is what created the internet in order to, to, to interconnect uh, all of our, all of our military bases mm. and, 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 it was a side project also with universities like uh, the, the universities in the United mm. States working to uh, uh, interconnect so they could, they could pass data back and forth to, uh, to share research, that sort of thing. Mm. So Al Gore's play in that, I don't know, but he certainly claimed credit, uh, you know, he, I, it's been a while since I actually researched it, but I think what he did was he, he either authored the legislation or helped to author the legislation that opened it up more for civilian uh, usage. Sure. Okay. And that, and so, yeah, that's a leap to go. I invented it, but making it available, <laughs> you know, 
I'll, I'll, I'll give it to him. If that, if, yeah. if that's, if that's how it came to be was because he, he assisted in moving it from this limited capacity. Military, military yeah. to civilian. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, he invented the internet. The, he invented the internet the way Bill Clinton invented GPS. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would say, I, yeah, yeah. Potentially I probably would have yeah. gone with the way Bill Clinton inter, uh, uh, created inner office relationships. <laughs> Well, uh, Bill Clinton didn't didn't invent that, but yeah. he did sort of. Yeah. Oh, he progressed yeah. it. He progressed it well well beyond what it was before. <laughs> Probably not. There was JFK was in office for a little while too, so you can't you can't take that away. Well, from Kennedy. I remember writing this paper in college where I was shocked to learn that what had happened was you had president after president that actually had like a an affair while they were in office. Sure. And then you had presidents where that didn't happen. And then you had Bill Clinton. So what you had was a press corps. You had, think about this, you had young, you had people that cut their teeth on Watergate, okay, who had never covered a scandal like that in the in the in the White House. Right. And now there's a scandal in the White House. Right? That's what it was. I mean, honestly, you know. Yeah. No, I agree. It was that, that's what it was. Yeah, and and I can I can think back. I I don't remember which which magazine it was that broke the story initially. I was I so 1997 into 98, I was working as an intern at uh kicks 101.5 in atlanta shout out to them because that's uh that, i don't even know if that radio station is, is still around it might be that's not around anymore it isn't <laughs> oh gosh i outlived kicks um so uh it was it was at that time i i had also just been hired on by kicks 101.5 to do time and weather on sunday mornings while i ran whatever uh countdown episodes uh jim uh, it was american country countdown and, uh, yeah. and I remembered the time at that time, my boss who had hired me to be his intern was Moby in the morning and, and Moby oh, wow. had come on the air and said, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Look at me. The, the, the raging social liberal, <laughs> you know, being employed by the Moby in the morning. Yeah. The conservative, the, <laughs> the Southern. Yeah. The guy that, the guy that used to be extremely liberal when he was in Dallas as a rock, a, a, a jock rock or a rock jock, whatever they called him. Uh, to coming to work for a country radio station in Atlanta where he had to take on this uh, completely different persona where it was, it was, you know, but he broke one morning and said, I, I've got this guy that's told me about an article that he's going to publish in, in whatever magazine that says that president Clinton uh, had got himself fellatioed in, in the white, in the oval office. And, and everybody was just kind of like, there's no way, there's no way that somebody had. And sure enough, within weeks, you, it was just more and more information that came about it. And it was like, Moby broke that story. You look at Moby and you're like, Moby doesn't break any stories. Like this, that's not what this show is. It's, 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 you know, it's gospel singing and it's, it's having people on to do, you know, to talk about their dead grandmother or something like that. You know, like that was what Moby's show was. Shout outs to Moby, but like I, yeah. you know, and I appreciated the opportunity that he gave me, but like I look back on it and I'm just like, 
oh my gosh, how did I how did I tolerate so much of that? And if Moby's listening to this right now, thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, I want to say that. I I got I got to be honest. Um, I don't know how. You know, I'm surprised all the time about who listens to my show. Oh yeah, it's a surprise. Yeah. So hey, Moby, if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh my one of and 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 this is a sidetrack but one of i i one of the people that i started listening to after i moved to columbia uh was i started listening to howard stern pretty frequently and and not because i was listening for the shock value or anything like that but because i think one of the things that howard stern does incredibly well is he's empathic like he 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 absolutely the people that he connects with on his show, uh, whether they're celebrities or just people calling in, he has he has this way of, of of recognizing and letting you know that he is feeling what you're feeling because you're talking to him about what you're going through or you know or or, or your new movie or whatever. But he he does he does it in a way that makes you feel like you know he's doing it for you, and I think it's an incredible way of interviewing. I think that he does it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that I've attempted in some way to do that. I've been doing interviews for years and years since my time at, at in, in early radio. And yeah. it is, uh, it's, it's not easy to do. And one of the things that I, I, I really enjoy about the shows that I listen to of yours is that you have such a vast uh, collection of people that you've interviewed. And I got to be honest, I want to know how. How do you get these people booked on your show? Like, where does that come from? Like, I know there's an. What do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? How? Just well, like, <laughs> like how do you how do you find these people? Because the topics are incredibly interesting, and 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 I enjoy listening to just the the variety of 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 what you're you're discussing, and and the variety of types of of people that you have on. Yeah. Well, so okay. So a little bit about me. Um, I've interviewed, even if you leave aside this show, um, I've interviewed hundreds of people in my life for various different things. Um, and when I went to, back to college at Georgia State, I had a professor named Clifford Kuhn. I don't know if you remember him or if you had it. No, I haven't. Because I know you went, yeah, I know went, you went State. to State. Yeah. But he was a famous oral historian, Clifford Hume. He was a famous collector of Southern history. Okay. Even though he was from, even though he was from Long Island originally, and he really impressed upon me. And if he were still alive, I'd, I'd happily go up to him and say, "Thank you." But he really impressed upon me how average people are the history. Okay. Of society, right? So the way the way in which you do it is you spend a lot of time on Facebook and Reddit and Twitter. <laughs> like on Saturday, man, I've got my phone open on Twitter and I'm looking for people. Gotcha. I'm just looking for somebody. And there's an inverse relationship between how interesting they think they are and how interesting they are. <laughs> there's <laughs> <laughs> I suffer from that with people that I don't interview. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, a, like one of the coolest interviews. Well, 
and there's a there's a few notable exceptions to this. There's yeah. there's some very very notable exceptions to this. But one of the coolest there's there's several interviews that I'm really proud of. Um, there's a there's a young woman who used to live in Venezuela, who now is in Barcelona. Okay. Um, I interviewed her twice. Um, I highly recommend listening to that. I actually want to have her back on because now she's in Barcelona and her takes on the first world are just really interesting yeah. and just humbling, deeply humbling to even read. Um, but so you just go on Reddit or you just, and you're going to catch Insta bands. Like you're going to catch, I'm banned from Reddit, California and Reddit Brexit, and, <laughs> but you just, you know, <laughs> you keep, you keep you know, pushing. You, Right. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's 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 an the 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 podcast is 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 very interesting to listen to, and I've 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 enjoyed it. I, in fact, in in the lead up to our conversation this morning, uh, I I even told a friend I was like I I I don't I don't know how this is going to go because I can't tell what what side of the line he straddles, and I and I said I said so sometimes it feels like. He might be a little to the left or a little to the right. And I said, and those are great conversations. I said, but I always like one of the things that I, I told a friend that I was going to ask you was in your memory of me from elementary school and high school, because I, I don't remember a whole lot about my my brother went through. I don't know if you remember my brother, but my brother went through a lot of trauma uh, when he was in elementary school. Uh, which included brain tumors and surgeries and things like that. And I, I don't remember if you recall that, but Apparently, according to my psychologist, it's put it's put a block on my memories. So I wanted to come on and ask you: Was I just a was I an asshole when I was a when I was in school? Because I, I often look because I look back at some of the people that I I've connected with since high school and elementary school, and then I look at back at some of the people that I said, "Oh, those were like my really close friends during that time," and I have no contact with them whatsoever. And it's like it's like. What did what, what did I not do to these people? But what did I do to the ones that I was closest to? So like that, that's one of those things that I look back and I'm like I'm like what was wrong with me? <laughs> well, I think first of all, this isn't you; it's everybody. Uh, the the people that liked high school were either jocks or like popular people. Like they were just quote popular people. That's fair. No, but. Nobody liked high school beyond those people. <laughs> those are the, those, and, and, and you know what? And you look back on it, because uh, I, you know, I enjoyed high school uh, in the sense that I enjoyed the learning. I thought, again, I said it before, I thought we were in a really good school district. And I thought that the Henderson High School and Henderson Elementary School and, and even Lakeside, I was disappointed when I had to go to Lakeside because it was a forced thing. And I didn't really enjoy my time at Lakeside. In fact, when when we graduated from Lakeside, I don't know if you remember, but but you know we we got our diplomas and then go back to our seat. Mm-hmm. I didn't return to my seat. I walked out of the building because I was done and didn't didn't want to have anything. Like I I was I was a, they, I was attempted they attempted to stop me, but I I just I was like I was like no I'm out <laughs> we we're good we're done. I remember. Um, okay, so about you specifically i don't remember that you were awful like and you know bearing in mind that in 2022 we have to talk about awful in a way we didn't have to talk about awful in 1997 that is is very very fair 
that that I mean I I used to talk about this with my friends a lot. Um and I guess this is the first time I'm gonna say this on a show. Um I know for a fact that I went into a high school classroom with people that had guns. Like I know for a without throwing names under buses. Really? I know that happened. Wow. And I I, I never once thought I, you know, there could be a problem. That is, you know, that is an interesting observation. And I, and I'll be honest, I, I, I can't look back on, on knowing, having any yeah. knowledge at all of anyone that, that ever came into school with a gun. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to throw names under buses, sure. but I'm just saying, um, well, the statute of limitations, I think is probably, but yeah, no, I don't, well, yeah, there's right. no reason to, <laughs> there's no reason to, to defame someone's character. Cause they, they could be completely on the other side of the yeah. fence now. Well, but the point is, the point I'm trying to make here is that we just grew up, I mean, maybe I'm just being romantic about it, but I think we just grew up in a better, you hesitate to say I grew up in a better time, but, yeah, you know. I think I, <laughs> I, I, I want to attribute some of it to the fact that we grew up in a period of time, and, and honestly, I think I think it was around the time that, that Clinton was president was towards the end of our, our tenure in school. But I, I, I want to say, or at least high school, um, I, I think that we entered into a new era in opinions. And it's not that people didn't have these opinions before, but and, and it likely came about as the progression of the internet uh, and people being able to voice their opinions either anonymously or to attach their name to it. But it, it gave voice and 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 rise to disinformation so like trump wasn't the disinformation starter mm-hmm. trump was the disinformation gaslighter he was he was the one mm-hmm. uh that that even before he ever became president like he was the guy that that said that the uh the the central park six or you know that that group that that they should be you know castrated yeah. and destroyed you know killed and whatever and then you find out oh they're innocent so he had he had this opinion on this yeah. idea of a crime that they had committed uh, and then even after they were uh, exonerated, uh, he still yeah. held to the opinion that, well, they're still bad. They're still not good guys. So you should still find something wrong with them. Mm. Uh, but even, but even before that, I think, I think the rise of the internet and connecting so many people uh, being able to communicate across so much vast territory and because uh, uh, it, you know, at one point we didn't have the ability to get news as quickly from places like, uh, you know, <laughs> middle of nowhere, Texas, yeah. Evaldi, Texas is near the border of Texas. And it was a town literally I had not heard of. And, and, and then when I, you know, but because yeah, we have the ability to transmit, uh, news and information so quickly out of places that, that, didn't have that yeah. ability before, you know, but, and then, and then of course, it's not just that that information comes about so easily. It's also the fact that yeah. now people can voice their opinion. They can go on shows like Fox news or MSNBC and immediately give their opinion on something where not all of the facts have been made readily available. Even now they're still investigating the shooting in Evaldi without having all, you know, People are people are creating different opinions than they had moments after the news broke because of the information that's yeah. coming available. 
So it's Well, I think like talk about the small world. I mean so I interviewed a man I interviewed two or well, let's say two or three different people in Ukraine. One of those people, the entire process is as follows. The whole like thought process was is as follows, right? I finished up supper, I had a dessert, you know, I'm sitting there looking at the tickety talk, laughing laughing along with the tickety talk. That's TikTok for those of you that whatever. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, um, you know, I want to do a podcast. And I want to do a podcast with somebody in Ukraine. So I went on Reddit. I literally walked. No, I didn't even walk. I literally got out of TikTok, went on the TikTok, went on the Reddit on my phone, put a thing up on Reddit. Literally about five minutes later, somebody said yes. That's fantastic. Went, walked, walked back to my room, um, turned my computer on, made a link, talked to the person for half an hour, and that's how fast it was. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's the entire process in literally, that was the whole, like, you know, that's, it's amazing how small this world is. Absolutely. To me. Absolutely. Blown away. You know? Absolutely. And it's 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 inspiring in the sense that it does give, you know, you and I doing podcasts, it gives us the opportunity mm-hmm. to not only learn something about others, but it also gives us the opportunity to take that information and put it out there for so many other people. It's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's... You know, it, it's not just a medium that I like to use to voice my opinion and tell people what I think. And I don't I don't tell people what I think to try and make them think what I think, but I at least try to make them I would like for them to I would yeah. like for them to be inspired enough to like research it and come up with their own opinion. You know. So it's 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 definitely a medium that is I think at this point podcasts like this with people that don't necessarily make money on the side from it, uh, that it gives us the ability to be a part of the discussion. It gives us the ability to put information out there to, 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 to not, not just be silent on the side, but it gives us the ability to put something out there. So if somebody wants to listen to it, they can, and and they'll derive their own opinion. So, Well, so you said earlier, you don't know if I straddle the left or the right. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. So what right wing view do you think I hold? I'm just, what, just what, curious here. What political, what political opinions or uh, uh, do I think? I don't know. I guess I, I have to say that based on what I've, I've listened to, I, I have to, I, I feel like you're more moderate, uh, probably a little bit more moderate leaning left. Uh just based well, on I'll tell you I had political I had political opinion and then I had then I decided to do a podcast where I talked to normal people yeah and some some of those political opinions have legitimately changed like I've legitimately changed my mind on on certain issues simply because like oh okay if we're all frolicking in a neat, in a liberal society in like a in a like a lowercase l liberal society mm-hmm. we don't need bitcoin a bitcoin for us is not 
a need. Great. But if you're living somewhere where the government is literally trying to find you or like you, the currency doesn't work or whatever, you need Bitcoin to function. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a, that's a change. That's, I changed my mind there. Gotcha. Yeah. I can, so that's a change. I can, um, I can say I've dabbled in cryptocurrencies a little. I, my son and I had $50 each and we were like, you know what? We'll invest in this. And I'll say Shiba Inu because I'm hoping if I say the name enough, other people will buy it and the value will go up uh, or whatever. I don't even know how it works. I, I, I clearly have no clue how it works. Uh, so we both threw $50 into it. And at one point it had become a 14, it was 14 or $1,500 for, for about seven or eight days. And now it's it's come all the way back down to what it was when we bought it. So it's like you know we haven't lost any money. Yeah. Well, we did lose money because we mo- we we took the money away from ourselves and put it into this. But you know, I it's it's crypto and NFTs and all of that. I I I just don't understand it enough to be able to have a a well formulated opinion. Well, here's okay. So I need to do my tulip bubble. Deep dive. I, I keep threatening that if people stop being interesting, I'm going to do a tulip bubble deep dive. I swear to God. <laughs> um, so I need to do that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do that eventually. But because I know about the tulip bubble, I'm, I'm I was super skeptical about crypto before, and now you know once you start really looking at meta and things, you're like, okay, this is not. Yeah. Wow. And I, what I will say is the people that think the metaverse is amazing when they tell me what it is, I'm like, okay, I want that to be true for you. I really <laughs> want that to be your, the future. I'm not, I'm not playing. I mean, I yeah. want that to be what you want it to be, but yeah. I just don't buddy pal. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I just don't. <laughs> it is, it is hard for me to wrap myself in, or I can't, I can't throw myself into an environment, uh, that is, uh, fundamentally untextured. Like I, I can't, I, it's not something that I can physically touch. It's not something that I can look at and say, mm-hmm. uh, this is reality here. Like this is reality. Yeah. This is, this is semi-reality, but like, I can't, I can't look at that environment. I can't, I haven't even attempted it. I haven't gotten involved in it at all. We have, my, my son has an Oculus. I could certainly check it out and see what it's like, but I <laughs> having, it's like, it's like a souped up game system. I've seen an Oculus once. It's like the way it is now, it's a souped up game system. Yeah. The way these people talk to me about it, it'll be, it'll be the matrix. I mean, but I don't, the thing is, so my barrier, my point is like my one claim to fame before podcasting was I researched and wrote about the housing crash of 2008. Yeah. Before that happened, like before the housing crash happened. Yeah. So that's my one claim to fame before, before this. I don't see how a company is going to pay Facebook money for something that doesn't exist and Facebook still technically controls it and still technically has it and you're just paying Facebook for what are you paying Facebook for? Like, you know, right. There's something I like to call the idiot. There's something I like to call the man on the street test, which is if you told somebody about this, 
and then they were, if they hold it back to you, could you understand it? Right. That's your barometer for, is this a scam? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, right. I, I concur. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that's like, you know, I, I, I put that in the realm of, of the lottery. I know people have won the lottery. I know people that, that I know individuals who have literally won money on the lottery, but I still look at it just based purely on the, 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 the principles of how it works and, and the potential mm. and possibilities as still being a tax on my intelligence. That's it's, yeah. it's cause, cause I have fallen into it as well. I have looked at it and said, you know what? It's up to 150 million. I think, I think I'll go ahead and buy, you know, 15 tickets. All right. Now I've spent $30. And if I, if I, if I spent, if I spent the money to win the whole lottery, then I had to spend $45 <laughs> And, and in the end of it, I wind up being excited over the fact that I won $15 back. And it's like, oh, I came out with $15. Wait a second. I lost 30. This was, this was a, this was an attack on my intelligence and I did it to myself. That's that pure and simple. That's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. Well, so Barrett, um, I'm going to need to wrap it up here, but why don't you, um, Tell us your song and dance so some of my listeners can go to your thing and absolutely and I'll tell you my song and dance. Benjamin, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you having me on your show. And I and first of all, let let's do this again soon because uh, I have enjoyed the conversation and I think that uh, just plain and mm-hmm. simple, I think I think that this has been an opportunity to reconnect and, and I, I, I want to do it again. Um, to get uh, to find our podcast, I have a couple different podcasts that I'm doing now. Uh, the All About Nothing podcast. You can find information at theallaboutnothing.com. Uh, links to all of our social media as well as any of the podcast platforms that you might listen to us to. Uh, we just recently had a really interesting interview uh, with Judd Larkins, who is the Democrat nominee for South Carolina's 2nd District. He is running against Joe Wilson. And I imagine that if you remember 2009 at all, the President Obama at the time was giving a speech about the health care bill that he had just uh, that he was he was working on trying to get through mm. and made uh, Joe Wilson was the guy that screamed out you lie during Obama's uh, speech. And uh, mm. so so we we genuinely have an individual Judd Larkins who is running against that particular candidate. So fingers crossed he, he makes some headway. Uh, I also have a second uh, that was just released the, this morning. Uh, Monday, May 30th. Um, I also have another podcast that's more just for fun. Uh, we call it What the Pod Was That. You can find uh, links to all of our uh, podcast platforms and social media as well. Whatthepodwasthat.com. And uh, it's uh, we, we basically just find things on the internet and we entertain ourselves with it. So we share those things and just make jokes and sometimes a little inappropriate, but that's, you know, that's what you get with the internet. It's a lot of inappropriate. So uh, I record everything out of GOT yeah. Sound Studio here in Columbia, South Carolina. It's owned by a really good friend of mine, uh, my adopted brother, uh, Dominique Stewart. They, he's known as Neek the Geek, uh, and you can find uh, his music all over Apple and Google and Spotify. Uh, he's a fantastic advocate for the medium uh, as well as other artists. So that is that is all of my yeah. information. And because it's a simulcast, let me just say to Barrett's audience, um, my podcast is called the History Voyager Podcast. It's a green picture. It's a green background with a skull on it. It is. Believe it or not, my mother. Believe it or not, my mother picked that skull out. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Um, anyway, uh, I start off as a deep dive in the Spanish flu and COVID-19. And I just decided this is the history. Like this right here, talking to normal people about whatever they're going through in life. And I've done everything from, let's see, what has made the air? I've done everything from a from a young man uh, selling donuts out of a truck in Iowa and all the things that he saw in the world to one of the fintech experts on the planet. I interviewed the CEO of Coinbase. Oh. I have no idea if he's still the CEO of Coinbase or not. <laughs> it seems volatile. But at the time, <laughs> he was CEO of Coinbase. Um, I interviewed, a, I interviewed uh, a best-selling author. I interviewed um, Larry Hankin. That was an Larry Hankin was the guy in Home Alone. Was uh, oh, yeah. the policeman in Home yeah, Alone. Yeah, yeah. That was a fascinating interview, and I thought that was great. I could have talked to him for hours. Very cool. Um, you gotta listen to that. Um, but also the lady, the young lady in Venezuela, in Barcelona, um, Valentina. Um, that was really cool. And if Barrett will send me this. This will come. Oh, yeah. For some reason, my for some reason my record button chooses not to work today. That's all um, right. I will I will send you this file. <laughs> I absolutely will send you this file. <laughs> so, um, this will probably hit the internet um, tonight, actually, or Very this cool. afternoon, Very for cool. sure. Um, pretty much unedited. So, yay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a I have a motto. It's called I, I, my motto is leave it in, regardless of what happens, regardless of what it says, yeah. <laughs> leave it in. <laughs> I wish I could have that motto, and I can't. I can't have that motto. No, I, and I'll tell you. Maybe I'll tell you some stuff off air. I don't know, but I was, I've had some stuff where I've had to be like, "Hey Ben, you remember when you learned in your TV station that you can't say this? That the First Amendment really doesn't say that. It yeah. says this." Yeah, okay. There's a reason that you needed you needed to know that. Yeah, li- libel <laughs> laws are real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a real thing. As always, thank you, Nick the Geek, engineer and producer, owner and operator of GOT Sound Studio. Check out details on how you can utilize his talent and production expertise at GOTSoundStudio.com. Thanks to Muff the Producer. You can follow him on Instagram at Muff the Producer. Thanks to Shiana Rivers for our intro and outro. Follow her podcast, Who You Callin' Holistic. As well, thanks to Trent Clark, a.k.a. DJ Lonzo, currently entertaining the main course in Columbia, South Carolina. Saturday nights, make sure to go by, have a good time. You can contact Trent for all your entertainment needs. Trent at the all about nothing and on Instagram at the Real DJ Lonzo or by phone 803-262-7982. If you enjoy the show, consider becoming a patron by visiting our website and clicking on the link at the top of the browser. That will take you over to our Patreon page. You can find details on how you become a supporter. You can check out our benefits there or just consider a donation so that we can continue to bring you this nonsense. We enjoy doing it. We enjoy you enjoying it. As always, you can follow us on Facebook. Just search for All About Nothing US on Twitter and Instagram at AAN underscore pod or find links to all of our social media and and available podcast platforms by visiting theallaboutnothing.com. If you'd like to be heard on the show, you may call and leave us a message, 803-672-0533. If the time between these episodes is too far apart, you can fill that time by checking out our partner podcasts. Zach and I host What the Pod Was That with Carrie Simmons, available on most of your podcast platforms. You can visit whatthepodwasthat.com for links and details. Carrie and Chrissy host Status Macabre on most of the podcast platforms as well. Find details at statusmacabre.com. As well, you can check out our own DJ Lonzo's Top 5, hosted by Trent Clark, available on most of your
your podcast listening platforms. All right, everybody. Thanks a bunch. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. This The All About Nothing podcast is recorded live from the Maddie Johnson podcast studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina. The All About Nothing podcast is produced and engineered by Nick the Geek, owner and operator of GOT Sound Studio. To support the show, please visit theallaboutnothing.com for links to social media, merchandise, and more. Become a patron of the show by following the Patreon link at the top of our page. The All About Nothing podcast is an entertainment product of Barrett Gruber. Special thanks to Zach King, Trent Clark, Muff the Producer, Neek the Geek, and you, our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you're on YouTube, please hit the like button and the notification bell. Thank you for listening. Podcast about everything on earth that is effing weird. The name that is effing weird. Oh my goodness, such power. For they shall cover everything from cryptids to outer space. Nothing shall be off limits to this podcast. When and where is this beast of a podcast? They shall put on their knowledge onto the airwaves of their favorite podcast sites and release a new podcast every Sunday by midnight. The All About Nothing podcast is a part of the GOT Podcast Network and a product of Bear Gruber Entertainment and Media.